Greetings, and welcome to the East Village Times podcast. I'm James Clark, and uh, today we have a very special guest. Austin Smith will be joining us. And with me, as usual, I have my co-host, Patrick Brewer. How are you doing, Patrick? I'm good. How are you? Excited to talk to Austin. Uh, <laughs> yes, definitely. It's always it's always good to, to talk to uh, a young professional baseball player on the rise. All right, so let's get right um, into it. Yeah, for sure. Um, a lot of a lot of uh, off season moves so far this season, despite uh, Padre fans uh, complaining. Um, <laughs> there's there, you know, it, it's it seems like a lot of fans were. Uh, uh, I don't want to say delusion by last season, but they were expecting a lot of um, acquisitions, a lot of moves, like uh, AJ Perler did last season, and uh, you know he's done some some smart smart moves for the team. But uh, in reality, it's just you can only revamp the, the the roster one time. You know, it's not something that you can do on a yearly basis. And uh, a lot of fans are, are getting a little um, disgruntled, if you will. Yeah, I, I, I see that sentiment. I mean, I've gotten a lot of angry fans on Twitter and Facebook, and they expect, I guess, more now because I guess we've become accustomed to what happened last off season. It was such a frenzy that this off season seems quiet by comparison, but um, there's been a lot of moves, a lot of smart moves. There hasn't really been a move yet this off season that I hated because I mean, last off season, there was a couple that I didn't like, didn't really agree with, but I think this year has been a little, um, I guess a little better. And I think that starts with a Craig Kimbrell trade. I think that's, that's a really good haul for us. Got us great prospects back, which obviously they needed based on, what we did last year to blow up everything. So I think that was a good start. What are your thoughts on that move specifically? Yeah. You know, it, it, it seemed like the team was going to move Kimbrell no matter what. And the haul that they got was, was just, it's one of those deals, one of those uh, offers that you just can't walk away from. Um, kind of like the Matt Latos deal uh, back in the day from the Reds. When you're offered a, a package like that, you, you really have to take it in, the Padres did really well in getting both uh, Margot and uh, and Javier Guerra. I mean, those are two players that automatically jump in the top five of the Padres' top three prospects. I mean, you can't argue with the return that they got. Yeah, and I've I've long said that that having an elite closer at Petco is not really necessary because the way the park is, it's we've obviously always had a good bullpen, and you can always kind of like swing. I think it's easier to swing together a bullpen than it is to swing together the rest of the roster. So I feel like even mm-hmm. though they traded Kimbrel and Benoit, I think they have enough talent there. A couple of these guys, if they have good years, we can still create a pretty good bullpen. And yeah, you can't turn down Margot, who's who's really like maybe a top 30, 40 prospect in the whole league. And then Javier mm-hmm. Guerra, who's that shortstop we need. I mean, obviously, he's a few years away still, so we still need to find some stopgap. But I think that's a pretty good deal. And I think the best part of the deal is Logan Allen, who's only, I think, 18. Yes. He's probably yes. four or five years away, but that kid is... Coming for coming for me. He's talented, guys. Like he's got he's got a lot of potential. He could be a top of the rotation starter if everything falls right. So I think it's it's like you said, it's a deal you can't pass up. I mean, we didn't we didn't need Kimbrough. Obviously, he's a luxury that we don't necessarily need. Being a team in sort of a I guess a little bit of a limbo between rebuilding and competing. So I think it's it's a good deal all around. Yeah, no, I, I hear you, and and you made a very good point about Logan Allen. I think that. Uh, the addition of him kind of takes away from the loss of Max Fried last year to the Braves, mm-hmm. kind of along the same lines of pitcher, left-handed uh, young pitcher who's got an extremely high upside. And, you know, he's he was a very important part of that deal. And uh, 
Carlos Asuaje is also a decent uh, looking little prospect that uh, actually we'll probably get a chance to see firsthand um, maybe this year. Uh, AJ Preller indicated that he was going to give him a little a shot to to make the the team. So we will see. Um, you know, it's tough losing a, a closer like Kimbrel. Um, he's probably one of the best in the in the league, if not the best. But you can't argue with the return they got. I mean, even the most uh, disgruntled Padre fan really. I mean, they can't they can't argue with the return they got. I mean, it, it was a it was a good deal for the team. Definitely. All right, so let's jump into uh, Joaquin Benoit a little bit. Um... Not as big of a deal, obviously, because he's older pitcher. Obviously, not as high in demand, I guess, as Kimbrel. But I still like the return there. Uh, Eniel de los Santos, if I'm saying that right. Um, he's yes. he's definitely. I think he's got pretty high upside as well. Maybe maybe as a starter, if not a reliever, definitely. He's got a bit. He's a big guy, a lot of size. I think he's. I think he's only nineteen twenty, so he's still also probably a couple mm-hmm. years away. So I think it's really yeah. a sign that Preller's building more for the future than. I guess worrying about the present as much, giving up present talent for a little bit of fu- for a little bit of future talent, which I agree with that move. I mean, it's something that needed to be done based on how thin our prospect depth is, or I guess was. So, uh, what are your thoughts exactly. on Benoit and that deal? Yeah, uh, Delos Santos is is a good young pitcher. I mean, he's um, six three. He's about one seventy right now, so he's really thin, really. Uh, um, Gonna grow into his body. He's 19, I believe. Um, so he's got a high upside, which is really nice. Throws throws really hard, has good breaking stuff, and uh, has a decent future, which is you know something that the Padres need to gather a bunch of pitching prospects and prospects to kind of uh, make up for what they lost last year in the um, in the re- in the um, the overhaul that AJ Preller did basically. And uh, Nelson Ward is a, is a decent uh, looking infielder. Who might uh, who might actually contribute at one point to the team? So you know, Benoit was a decent setup man and, and could have been our closer this year. But again, you, you got to look towards the future and you got to sell high on players when their value is high. And, and AJ Perlow definitely did that and, and and got a decent return for for Benoit in my opinion. Yeah, I think the key here is that I mean we don't want to sound I guess just about money, but I mean here you just saved. I think forty, fifty million dollars between those two players, and you got six prospects back. So when you look at it that way, it's like we gave up two players that maybe we needed, maybe we didn't. I mean, I lean towards didn't, and we got six players in return for the future. So I think if you look at it that way, we saved money and got a good haul going forward. I guess yeah. you could say. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, you, you prospects are, are prospects are prospects. You don't know what you get with them, but. Out of those six, two or three of them should be legit major leaguers, I would imagine, at uh-huh. least. That's usually how it goes, yeah. <laughs> All right, yeah. Um, yeah. so thoughts, I guess moving on, thoughts on, uh, let's start with the Jed Jerko trade, first of all. So what are your thoughts on okay. that? Did you like the move? Did you think it was too soon to trade um, him? Yeah, you know, it's it's tough with Jerko. Um, I kind of went on the fence with him. You know, he's got great power for a middle infielder. And he actually surprised me playing a decent shortstop last season, although I don't think that that's necessarily his future by any means. But he did an adequate job out there. Um, you know, it's again, it's probably about the money. A.J. Preller is not the one who gave him the contract ex- extension. He wants to make his own mark on this team and uh, bring in players that he covets. So, you know, in, in saving, you know, $30 million or, or whatever they saved in, in moving Jerko, 
is you know it's a win-win situation i i wish him the best of luck and you know jerko could probably have a decent career um with the right team built around him i just don't think he was a right fit for the padres right now at this point yeah i think it was it was pretty much that that aj perler kind of wanted his own mark and i feel like this was kind of inevitable at least in my perspective that this was going to happen um sooner rather than later because especially considering Jerko didn't really wow anybody. I mean, if he if he came out last year and, and you know, was an all-star and wowed everybody, like, yeah, we wouldn't be trading him unless, I guess, we got a huge return. But uh, in this case, like I said before, it's it's about saving money. I mean, that's pretty much the basis of it. We just saved about, I think it's like 30-something million. And then we took on John mm-hmm. Jay's contract, which I think is like, I don't know, eight or nine million, something like that. So, I mean, it's a good trade-off. We saved a lot of money, not necessarily this year because Jerko was only on the yeah. hook for four million, but overall in the long in the long haul, we got this big contract off the deck. And I think John Jay's a good player. I mean, he's not he's not a wow by any measure, but I mean, neither was Jerko, so it's not really, I think it's a pretty fair trade both ways. We wanted a temporary yeah. guy, just a one-year guy, and John Jay lets our younger players get a little, I guess a little get a more, more seasoning, I guess you want to say. So Margot has more mm-hmm. time in the minors. I guess Renfro has more time to adjust. Uh, Jan- Jankowski has more time to adjust. Uh, Jabari Blosh, maybe, mm-hmm. if he plays. So it just gives all these guys more time to adjust to the majors rather than be thrust into a basically like a starting role, like you're the guy. So I think Jay is a good fit, maybe for a platoon. I mean, he could play every day, but I mean, it remains to be seen. But I think it's a good deal on uh, both perspectives, money-wise and talent-wise on the field. Yeah, definitely. Jay's Jay's a good uh, on base guy, and that's something that the Padres lacked. They they didn't have on base percentage type of uh, players, and uh, typically when he's on, John Jay gets on base, and and that's that's something that the Padres need. And being left handed is also a bonus as well. Mm-hmm. And then one thing about Jay is he also is apparently a great clubhouse presence. I've heard that from a few people, so I think yes, that's, I, that's something I, they need as well. Yeah, the, the, there were rumors towards the end of the last season that the Padres clubhouse was in really bad shape. Um, I've heard mm-hmm. from a couple of media personalities that I talked to. They didn't want to go into specifics on what it was, but they said that the clubhouse was was in bad shape. So I don't know if it was, um, you know, Pat Murphy being the interim manager and the in the, you know, the limbo associated with that. But you know, something was was amiss in the clubhouse. They had the the success, the talent to succeed last season, and obviously, you know. You never know what you get until a team plays together, so something was something was was off. And you know, I hope that the Padres. It seems like that's um, what they're focusing on this year is balance and uh, clubhouse and chemistry. And you know, hopefully that will transition into wins for the team on the field in 2016. Mm-hmm. All right, so um, let's go into the Yonder Alonso trade real quick. Um, I personally okay. like that trade. I mean. I haven't been a big fan of either Jerko or Alonzo in recent years, so I I obviously wasn't really too sad to see either go. Um, I like mm-hmm. Pomerantz. That's a good pickup. He's a good left-hander, either a starter or a swing man in the bullpen. Either way, he's he's really what we needed. We needed a left-hander. I mean, that's pretty obvious based on last year. Um, mm-hmm. We gave up Zabchinski, which not a huge loss. Saved money there overall. Um I think that the steal of the, the the deal could be uh, Torres, the minor leaguer we got back. Um, yeah. He's got a lot of talent. He's still young, obviously, but I think he could really be something special in the long run. So I think mm-hmm. uh, come maybe three, four years, he might be who we remember most from this trade, dare I say. But um, I yeah. think that that's really a good move from that perspective. And then obviously getting Pomerantz. Pomerantz is pretty good, pretty good arm as well. 
Yeah, de- definitely, definitely. It was it was a good deal for the Padres. I mean, they even uh, acquired Blash through that through that uh, tree oh, yeah, through that trade as well. That, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, Yonder was, you know, it's tough. He he was a good player. He he, offensively, he was productive. Um, he's not a typical first baseman. He didn't provide power. He didn't provide the best defense, if you will, but. Again, I, I go back to AJ Preller wanting to put his own stamp on the team and find players that he likes and he cultivated and that he's comfortable with. And Alonso just wasn't a good fit for the Padres on, on the team with a lot of power in other positions, and um, you know that didn't need power from the first base position. He could excel, but the Padres needed left-handed power, and you know he just wasn't going to be able to provide that. And uh, I think that him trying to kind of took away from his offensive ability. He's more of a slash line drive type of hitter. You know, he could hit 300 in the majors if he, if he was able to focus on just hitting base hits, but you know, it, it is what it is. And, you know, getting Torres is, is definitely a good pickup for the future for them. And I like Pomeranz a lot. I think that um, he provides a left-handed balance that they needed out of the bullpen or out of the starting rotation. And, you know, in my opinion, it's another good trade for Preller at this point. You know, he's made three decent three decent acquisitions as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I'd have to agree. All right, so before we move on, let's just uh, do some quick hits about the Rule 5 pickups, just some thoughts. Um, mm-hmm. For me, I think my the pick that I think could stick, I guess, maybe the easiest, or I don't want to say easiest, is probably either either uh, Blake Smith or, or Josh Martin, one of the two re- relief options, because our bullpen is in okay. such a state of flux that really we okay. need just arms. And at this point, I think there's probably a spot for both, realistically, if, if both perform at spring training. Um, I guess it depends on how things go with the other arms that we have. But, I mean, most of our arms are minor leaguers, so we can, we can send them back down if we need to. But I think those two guys obviously have to be in the majors, so I think they have a pretty good shot of staying in the bullpen. What are your thoughts on on both of them and maybe all four picks? Yeah, uh, you know Smith's a converted outfielder. He's a little little rough, um, but has has a lot of upside. Um, Martin has pitched really well in Double A and and throughout his minor league career. Um, I'm actually pretty high on on Perdomo, Luis Perdomo, who um, is very young at 22 and has three um, three up you know, three above average pitches. Um, he's a little raw and he's started um, throughout his whole minor league career. So I'm not sure if he's going to be able to make that jump uh, into starting, but he could be a decent long uh, option, long relief option for the Padres. Um, you know, it's, it's tough. It all depends on those three pitchers, uh, Martin Smith and Perdomo on how they perform in spring training, you know, their health being real five picks. There has to be no, you know, no, no type of, um, question about their ability for them to, to be kept on the team. So they're going to need a, a nearly flawless spring training. Um, mm-hmm. Blash is, is, is an interesting, an interesting option for me. Um, the Padres definitely need power, you know, not necessarily right-handed power, but his power is, is something that you can't ignore. Um, if, if he catches fire on spring, he's another one who could easily make the team though. I'm a little hesitant with the, the depth that the Padres do have currently in the outfield, and they do have like Reimer Lariano, Alex Dickerson, uh, Renfro in in the minors. So, you know, he's not the greatest of fit, but you know, it, it all depends on how he capitalizes the situation. And you know, the stranger stranger things have happened. You you never know. Yeah, I like I like Blash to get 
Um, I, I think if he performs at spring training, he's got a pretty good shot of making the team just because, like I said, with the bullpen, our outfield's kind of in a state of flux. I mean, Myers is obviously moving to first base. You have Kemp kind of entrenched in right field. And then after that, you just got mm-hmm. Upton, I guess John Jay, um, Jankowski, maybe Renfro at some point this year, uh, probably later in the mm-hmm. year. Margot, not till maybe next year. So I think that there's there's an option there. Like there's there's spots for him. And you can't deny yeah. that power. He hit 32 home runs in only 116 games across Double A AA and Triple A last year. So the guy's got mm-hmm. he's got talent. I mean, he strikes out a lot. That's kind of the knock against him. So I think if he cuts down on those or even manages them a little bit, I think he could still be a productive player. And as for Perdomo, I mean, I don't see him making the rotation simply because that's kind of a big jump to make from a ball to the rotation. It's been done before, mm-hmm. but for a guy in a exactly. Rule Five draft, I, I don't. There's obviously question marks there, or else he wouldn't. I've been in the Rule Five draft, obviously, so I don't. Mm-hmm. Have, I think he could be a reliever maybe for this year, and then once he's, I guess, a member of the roster, we can, I guess, stretch him back out. I mean, that might not be great for his development, but it's an option, I guess, if they want to ensure they keep him around. I'd like to keep him around because he's got some good long term potential. I think he could be a good a good starter in the long run. Yeah, he's yeah he's he's very raw though, as you say, and it, it's it's a matter of you know. No, it's a numbers game, you know. Do you really want to waste a roster spot? Well, not necessarily waste, but do you want to reserve a roster spot with him mm-hmm. when you could use a, a, a developed, already major league ready reliever? You know, it's 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 a numbers game, and it's something that the Padres are going to have to to really uh, pay attention to and really keep a close eye on. Mm-hmm. All right. So before we get into our interview with Austin, um, I just wanted to we talked about what happened so far this off season, and now I want to get into what's next. So. Well, I guess what's still on the docket, uh, what do you think the team still has to do to put, I don't want to say a winning team on the field, because I don't know if that's going to happen at this point based on the roster construction, but basically to, yeah. what do we need to fill the roster out for opening day? Yeah, you know, the obvious one is a shortstop. Um, there's been rumors uh, in recent days of Ian Desmond and the Padres communicating with each other. Um, you know, that's a possibility. It, it You know, it really depends on financial terms and uh, longevity of the contract uh, for Desmond. Um, he's probably wanting a, a five, six-year contract, but at this point, I don't think that that's possible. The Padres are probably one of the only teams that are in need of, of a shortstop. So he's going to have to probably take a one or two, maybe even a three-year contract from the Padres, if 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 be, um, if they want to go that route. Um to me, it's between him and Alexi Ramirez as far as uh, free agent um, acquisitions. Uh, Jimmy Rollins is also out there. I, I don't think the Padres have any interest in him. I would hope not, but you never know. Um, another possibility is the Texas Rangers with uh, Jerkson Profar. Um, he needs to go out and play and, and show that he can play um, shortstop for the Padres to probably have some interest in him. But being that he was... He's only 22. He's um, two years removed from being the number one overall prospect in all of Major League Baseball. I mean, and he was tearing it up in, in Arizona Fall League this year. So his bat is legitimate. It's just the question about his shoulder, his health. And, you know, he would be a decent pickup for the Padres, but it's it's tough to say what, what AJ Pro is doing. I mean, he's, I'm sure he's got five or six different uh, scenarios working. Yeah, I think. For me, Desmond was always the most logical conclusion. And with all this freed up money, I thought maybe that was the mindset that we're going to go after him. I mean, I disagree mm-hmm. with giving him, I guess, five years, 80 million or something like that. But I mean, yeah, if he wants to take a two or three year deal, 
for I don't know forty fifty million. I'm I'd be fine with that. I don't see that happening because he's thirty years old. I don't think he wants to. I don't know if he's sure enough in his own ability to bounce back to want to take that short term sort of deal because he might not be yeah. able to get that money back. But um, I, I just mm. don't see the market for him. I mean, outside of the Padres, really only the White Sox could be in the market for a shortstop. And they seem, exactly. I guess, content with what they have at this point because obviously they, they went and got a third baseman and a second baseman and they kind of just overlooked shortstop. So it seems like they're pretty, uh, I guess, confident with what they have. So mm-hmm. outside of those two teams, I don't really see a fit. So, I mean, I guess that he's been marketing himself as an outfielder, supposedly, or a third baseman or yeah, a second baseman. I, yeah, I've, I've been hearing rumors about uh, him possibly going to third or, or that outfield. Makes which you know. no sense to me because based on his offensive performance, he doesn't profile as any of those things. I mean... As it stands, no. he's, he's, I guess, a decent shortstop with a bat, and his glove's good enough. So he's obviously better yeah, than Amarista but... by a big measure, but outside yes. of that, not really sure. Yeah, no, I, I hear you. His his value is as a shortstop. If, if you put him in third base or outfield, he pretty much becomes an average player. You know, mm-hmm. it, it, his, his value is as a shortstop, and, and people are are comparing him to Amarista saying, you know, you know, obviously he's better than Amarista, but at this point is do the Padres, you know, they just shed salary. Do they want to go ahead and take on more salary for someone who who could be a a risk? Yeah. His numbers have slipped the last 3 years, so there's definitely a risk factor involved with Ian Desmond. Yeah. At this point I'd be fine signing a veteran to a minimum deal or even even putting a Suahe, giving a Suahe the chance to start at shortstop this year. I mean, like I said, this team isn't really World Series bound, so I don't know if it's really it really matters. I just don't want to see Amarista out there again because, no offense to him, but he's not he's just not good enough. I mean, he's not even close no. to being good enough. So, he's he hits at about fifty percent of the league average. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. It just he doesn't do it for me. And defensively, no, I mean, no. he's good defensively enough, but I mean, if you're not providing anything at the plate, we don't need a we don't need a, a black hole at the eighth spot in the lineup. You know, we need depth i guess you could say yeah exactly exactly i mean amarista's true value is a super utility player i mean that's that's what his value is and you know to try to put make him into a shortstop everyday shortstop is is a fail i mean his lifetime under 280 on base percentage is is horrible you you can't have that every day playing for you that you just it's just it's a it's like having another pitcher in the lineup basically yeah i I didn't be fine with bringing clint barmas back if it meant not having amarista but yeah. I don't think that's going to happen. So No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, let's just talk about the pitching staff, thoughts on that, and then we'll uh, get into our interview. Okay. Um, so what do you think the pitching staff is going to look like? Do you think there's any more moves on the horizon, um, or do you think it's pretty much set, at least with yeah. the arms we have? Yeah, it's it's tough to say with AJ Preller. Um, there's been rumors with Shields, Kashner, Ross. I mean, basically all three have been, been mentioned in rumors. So, you know, a deal is possible. Um, Shields' contract is probably cumbersome for anybody to take at this point, and I don't see the Padres eating any salary on, on any any trade at this point. Um, so, it, it, you know, it, I, you know they're probably going to do some bargain shopping, you know, taking a, a look at uh, names like Doug Fister, Tim Linscum, um, Bronson Arroyo, you know, players like that that are going to have um, – low low value but have high incentive to have a good season and you know that's that's going to be probably the 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 way that Preller uh goes about filling out the rotation um one person that I'm looking for to probably get traded would be Andrew Kashner he's shown a um 
He's shown that he doesn't really want to re-up here and sign long-term. And he's a free agent at the end of the year. So his value is 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 low right now. I mean, he had a, a down year last year. But, you know, at this point, he's still a power pitcher, still recent, decently young, and he has some value. So if if Preller wanted to make a move, I, I would definitely say Kashner would probably be the pitcher that he moves most likely out of the rotation. But, mm-hmm. it, it, you know, to, to predict what A.J. Preller is doing is, is, is difficult to do, to say the least. I actually saw Ross being the most likely to trade it earlier in the offseason, but now it seems like that ship may have sailed. Yeah. I mean, he still has long-term value either way, so I think you can kind of trade him whenever if you end up doing that because he's still got two years left on the on the uh, before he's a free agent, still, still in mm-hmm. arbitration. So mm-hmm. um, I think the rotation's pretty much set. I mean, it's not great, but I think we can expect some bounce back from Shields and Kashner, and if we can expect consistency from Ross, I think it's still a good rotation. Actually, I read an article that was like projecting the rotations, and it was interesting. The Padres are actually the second best rotation by projected war in the whole division, which hmm. kind of weird, right? But yeah. they're only behind the Dodgers. So the Giants, who just went out and got Samarja and Cueto, mm-hmm. are actually projected worse than the Padres as current. I mean, obviously anything yeah. can happen. The projections aren't always right, but I thought that was kind of interesting that yeah. the Padres aren't as bad as we think, I guess, in terms of the rotation. You know, I mean, obviously, you don't want to roll with Erlen as your fourth starter and Pomerantz mm-hmm. as your fifth starter if you don't have to. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, we still have Moro in there. He's coming Ray back. Hopefully, well, he can yeah. stay healthy. I mean, I don't know what they're doing with Brandon Marr or if he's going to come into the rotation or stay in the bullpen. I don't think he should come in the rotation because don't – I guess don't fix – don't try to fix something that isn't broke. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To use that old adage. But um, I think there's still options there. And, obviously, Perdomo could – surprise everyone and become the fifth starter who knows i mean i think they have options and it's good to have depth maybe seven eight guys to pick from like we did mm-hmm. last year with despagne and moro fighting for that fifth spot mm-hmm. that's another name despagne i don't think he's cut out for the rotation but i think he'll certainly be a long relief option if we go that if they go that route but um i think they have options and that's really what you want you want to have options you don't want to be stuck with we have five starters and this is what we're rolling with you know yeah. you want to have that that option there and yeah. i think Kashner. I think he's due for a bounce back. And if he does bounce back, I could see him being traded at the deadline. I mean, he's not going to get a big return because he's obviously a free agent. But I think for a contending team, he's a good pickup just for some depth and maybe a three starter if, mm-hmm. if he performs. Mm-hmm. But I think that option's there. Yeah, no, the, it's, it's, you know, you brought up the interesting point about Ross. Um, you know, it seemed like they were exploring um, whether or not to deal him. And he's kind of at the point right now where his value is the, the, the highest, if you if you will, right now. You know, if he has a down year, his value could really plummet. It's mm-hmm. tough. I, I see where A.J. Preller was was coming from. But at this point, you know, if you have confidence in, in Tyson Ross in the long term, then it might be time to start to think about trying to sign him long term. Mm-hmm. I think if it doesn't happen by the All-Star break, he could be traded if he's having a good first half. I think he'd be a great trade piece. Because mm-hmm. the value will be high. I think the value is actually higher at the All Star break than now for him. Because the All Star breaks when teams are desperate, they don't have options on the market. Yeah. Um. Obviously, in the off season you have free agency and other trade options. But once it comes down to July, it's more like desperation. You only have so many options. So I think that we could get a pretty, uh, pretty good haul for him if the, if that comes to that. But yeah, I think that he, he could be signed long term. I mean, they have money now. I mean, he's obviously likes San Diego. He has a good relationship with ownership. I don't. I've never seen any 
I guess, anything to the contrary to say he doesn't like it here. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I don't see why not. Yeah, no, it's definitely um, something that they should explore. And, you know, at this point, in, in my opinion, they should either deal him and get a great return or extend him. Mm-hmm. You know, because the value on him is, is, is decent right now. And he could be extended for a reasonable price for the Padres, something that's, you know... Um, friendly for them in terms of, of, of long-term value. But if he goes out and has another monster year, he's going to want even more money and he's going to want a hundred thousand, a hundred million dollar contract after 2017. So they, they have a tough decision to make on what to do with him. You know, it, it could go either way at this point. And you have to wonder about his, you know, wild streaks and, and, and other things that are a little bit concerning. I mean, his sliders is absolutely filthy, but he does throw across his body He's never had a history of injuries, but he does throw across his body. He does have the wild wildness factor, so you know there are concerns. So you know it's it's a, it's definitely a pressing issue for for AJ Preller, I would imagine. Yeah, I don't I don't know if they can sign him long term, just based on where the pitching market's going. I mean, when Mike Leak gets sixteen or sorry, when Mike Leak gets uh, five years, eighty million, I was going to say sixteen million a year. Yeah. I don't know if you can sign Ross for a fair, I guess a fair price in both. Uh, besides eyes. So I think he still realistically should get a hundred million dollar contract mm-hmm. if he becomes a free agent, but I don't know mm-hmm. if that's gonna happen. Yeah, see yeah, exactly. That's that's why that's why I made the point that, you know, you you might be able to extend him for something that the that Mike Leak's making, you know, five years, eighty million or something like that. You, you, you know, you never know. Mm-hmm. It's 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 tough. It's it's uh you know, I wouldn't want to be a major I wouldn't want to be a professional general manager from time to time because you know you have a lot of tough decisions to make and you know baseball is not an exact science and especially when it comes to pitching i mean one pitch and and a career could be over for a pitcher so it's tough with guaranteed money and guaranteed contracts um but you know that's that's it's a possibility the padres have a lot of uh a lot of unanswered questions and um what to do with ross is definitely one of them yeah, definitely. They they definitely have a lot of uh, work to do in the next couple of years, and I think that's going to be one of the big questions that we have left to answer here. So, all right, so we're going to um, take a quick break, and then we're going to jump right into our interview with Austin. So thank you for listening so far. Uh, any Anything you want to say, James, before we get into the interview with Austin? No, I'm just looking forward to, to talking to Mr. Smith and, and uh, you know, just uh, seeing what he has to say. All right, let's get into it after the break. Thanks, guys. Thank you. All right. Thank you, folks, for joining us today on East Village Times podcast. Uh, we have a special guest, and uh, we have Padres, the Padres' uh, first pick from last year's draft, uh, Austin Smith, with us today. How are you doing, Austin? Great. How are you guys? Uh, we're doing fantastic. Excited to talk to you about some Padre baseball. Uh, spring training is about 45 days away, I believe, and um, we're excited. Yeah, so am I. All right, so Austin, I want to ask you, um, how old were you when you first decided that baseball was for you? Like, when did you decide that baseball was what you wanted to do? Uh, about, well, I've always loved the sport. My, I grew up, my dad's loved baseball. It's been like in my family so I've always been around the game but once I really started like focusing I was around 14 years old because I played three I played baseball football and basketball so I had to figure one out and I guess I picked the right one 
<laughs> yeah, I'd say so. <laughs> I think you made the right decision there. <laughs> yeah. Um, so tell me about what was going through your head when you uh, got the news that you were uh, picked by the Padres. I saw the video of you with all your family on the couch. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was it was an absolute blessing. It was a dream come true. And, uh, I mean, I couldn't be more thankful for the people who have been there for me my whole life. My parents have really been there for me throughout my life. And without them, I wouldn't be where I am today. I'm really thankful and blessed to have them. Uh, with all the coaching staff I've had, it's just been an unbelievable amount of uh, support behind me, and God's been great to me, and it's just been really a blessing. Mm-hmm. That's great. That's great, Austin. I'm, I'm I'm glad that you're you know you're put into perspective where you where you are and where you came from, and that should take you uh you know take you far in this game, and and it's good to see young players that that have that kind of attitude. Absolutely. Um, I have a, a couple of quick fan questions for you. Um, one of them is kind of an odd question. Uh, if you could face one hitter in the history of the game, who would you face and why? Um, probably Hanley Ramirez. Okay. And because yeah, I know you said you said you were a big fan of, of the Marlins and, and Hanley. Yeah. And that's the reason why, just to see, like, he's always been, like, when I, as I was younger, growing up, he he was my favorite player, and uh, it would be awesome to face him. Nice. You know, you, you, uh, you, you progress soon enough, you might actually get a chance one day. He's, he's young enough where you might actually get a chance to, to hopefully face him one day. That would be fantastic, I'm sure. Yes, for you. sir. Hopefully. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Patrick, do you have anything? Uh, yeah. Um, so I wanted to ask you about uh, Trey Turner, because I realized you guys went to the same high school, which is kind of cool. So did you have any sort of relationship with Trey, or did you know him at all? Uh, I mean, we were never, like, buddy-buddy, but um, I've met him, and uh, we have the same agency. Mm-hmm. And we've, we've been in contact before, like, texting and stuff like that. Hey, how you doing? But, uh, yeah, we went to the same high school. High, our high school program was great. I mean, I never got to play with him because I was always young, a couple, a lot. I was younger than him, so mm-hmm. I never made it to be on, be on the same high school team as him. But, yeah, we've met before. We live around each other, and uh, we've been in contact. Would you, would you say he helped you out with, like, the increased, I guess, exposure with, like, scouts coming to the school and, like, seeing other players? Uh, uh, I didn't, well, it was just me at the time when coming through high school, when he, his senior year, I was in the eighth grade. Okay. But I mean, like, just like the fact that like the scouts started coming to this school, because I know your school wasn't like, isn't really, I guess, as big of a baseball school until more recently. So I guess it kind of, maybe yeah. got guys uh, uh, coming to the school. Scouts. Yeah. Yeah. He, he kind of hyped it up, I guess, as you can say for me, like, to make the school known for baseball. Mm-hmm. And then as I came through, it started progressing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right. Um, what would you say your favorite uh, baseball memory is on the field? Like, best moment for you throughout your career? Uh, probably winning the gold for Team USA in Mexico. Mm-hmm. Can you nice. tell us more about that nice. experience? Uh, 
it was a life-changing experience for me uh, going down there to see the culture that those kids, the Latin players, play in is just unbelievable. It really makes you thankful for where, like, where I've. It makes me thankful for where I've came from and like all the blessings that God has put forth before me. And uh, it's really, a, it's really a huge change and to see where those kids grow up and how they play and like what they use to get better. It's like makes you really thankful for what you have and um, just going down there with a bunch of teammates that I are like friends that I'll remember forever now mm-hmm. and winning the gold was just a life-changing experience for me and uh, it was an awesome time got to have fun with a couple players down there winning the gold mm-hmm. it was awesome yeah definitely nice, nice. Um, John, uh, Austin uh, I have a question for you do you consider yourself a power pitcher uh yes Yes. Okay. That that goes along with my next question. Uh, who throws harder, you or Jacob Nix? Uh, about the same. About the same. Okay. You guys have any kind of um, competitiveness going between the two of you since you guys uh, drafted together and you know coming up together? I, I know uh, that you mentioned that uh, you're pretty good friends. Yeah, yeah, we're really good friends. Um, not not too much competitiveness. I mean, we want the best for each other, you know. So we kind of mm-hmm. we, we try to push each other to do good and just kind of like one up each other every outing but we never want the we we never want the worst for each other we want the best for each other so definitely definitely yeah that's good to have someone to motivate you and kind of get you you know focused if you will yeah absolutely cool all right so austin um tell us a little more about your first half of your playing professional ball like what was that like what was the experience like like Who'd you meet? That sort of thing. Oh, it was an awesome experience. I mean, like I said, it was a dream come true. Get my feet wet a little bit in pro ball. So I went through the first half year of pro ball and um, got to learn a lot of things that I've never even known before. Uh, going from high school to pro ball was a huge change. Learning how to what pitches to throw in certain counts on my own without coaching coaches calling my pitches was a huge thing for me mm-hmm. um learning how to hit my spots in certain counts like what spots to hit in the specific counts was huge as well uh to be on your own to be on your own like so far away from home was it was huge too especially in the time difference uh as a young player to be being on your own so far away is like I mean now that I got the first year season under the way I know what what to expect and it's going to be a huge year for me this year and uh I'm really I'm really excited to go out there and show myself mm-hmm. uh so going off of that a little bit um I guess tell us more about your decision to uh, forego college and just go right into pro ball. Like, what what played into that? And and do you are you glad that you made that decision? Looking back now. Oh yeah, I mean, uh, it was. I mean, being drafted in the round that I was, it was it was a no brainer. I mean, I couldn't turn that down. But uh, 
I mean, the, I really love the college that I was committed to. They're a great, great school, great community, and the coaches were amazing. Um, but I absolutely 100% agree that I made the right decision, and I'm super excited with the decision I made just to be able to get started in my dream, you know, what I wanted to do my whole life and hopefully get there as quick as possible. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Nice. Um, Justin, uh, Austin, I have a couple of just silly questions for you, uh, that came in. Um, one of them is, uh, who is the worst dressed teammate, uh, that you have right now in, in your squad? <laughs> I don't know if you want, I don't know if you want to call someone out, but it's just a silly question. Uh, I couldn't tell you. I don't know. <laughs> it's Okay. Yeah, it, it was one of those fan questions that came in, and, and uh, I, I wasn't uh, I wasn't expecting you to put any throw anybody under the bus. Yeah. <laughs> Don't want to burn any um, your teammates I, too early. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, you know, another question that came in was if closing was a possibility for you in the future, or if you really um, are set on starting, and if that's you know, is closing a possibility for you if the Padres later on down the road wanted you to go into that route? Oh, I mean. It's whatever, you know, I'm, I'm the Padres now, uh, they own me, so, I mean, it's whatever they feel is best for me, I mean, I'm just here to do my best and succeed in what I do, so wherever they mm-hmm. want me, I'm going to try my best to succeed and uh, go from there. Cool, cool. Do you, do you prefer starting, or is, is it yeah, I mean, yeah, obvious I that you probably... starting over... Okay. Both. Yeah, and I know you didn't have a chance to to go more than two innings last year, so I'm sure you're pretty anxious to to extend, uh, get out there and you know get some um, innings in under your belt and, and some yep. innings and, and... Yes, fantastic. Sir. All right, Austin. Um, just a few more questions on my end. Um, what do you feel like your biggest, uh, I guess, strength is as a pitcher? Like, what sets you apart from maybe some of your peers? Oh, uh, my mentality. My mentality is huge. It's uh, really have a lot of confidence in my stuff. After, especially after the first half year, knowing what it's like now, I really have a lot of confidence, and uh, I'm determined to. I have goals for myself, and I'm gonna try to meet those goals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Drive is like the main thing, I guess you could have going for yourself. Yeah. All right, so um. I saw that you're, you're close friends with Tristan McKenzie, who was also selected in the draft. So tell me about your yep. emotions when you heard about him being selected and what it means to both of you that you were both, I guess, picked in the same draft after basically having this lifelong dream of being able to play in the big leagues. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was, it was just like my brother being picked, you know. The kids, like, blood to me. I mean, it was the most exciting thing to see both of our dreams come true and – just just to see how blessed we were and see how proud we made our families for how hard we worked and uh I mean Tristan Tristan's a great kid uh he deserved it as well as anybody else and it was just a real exciting moment to see both of us succeed in our dreams and it was just amazing mm-hmm, definitely all right James <laughs> Yeah, uh, I got a couple of quick um, 
trivia questions for you. I'm going to test your, your Padre knowledge right now. Um, who is number 51 on the San Diego Padres? Do you know? Oh, me. <laughs> you, uh, it was, it's a retired number. I'll give you a hint. Oh, um, the number. You can't... Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure. There's a number. That would be Trevor Hoffman. Trevor Hoffman. <laughs> It's a, it's a big day for him today. We're we're hoping that, uh, that he gets that call to the Hall of Fame. So yeah, Padre fans, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Uh, one last trivia question. Do you know this one's a little difficult? Uh, do you know the all-time win leader in Padre history? The what leader? The wins leader. Wins leader. Um, the most amount of wins. No. Okay, that would be uh, Eric Shaw with the 100 wins. Wow. <laughs> hey, I didn't even know that, Austin. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, a, it's a tough question, but but it leads me to 100 wins is not very much. And, and uh, one day, hopefully, we can see you on that top five list of, of Padre wins uh, for the franchise. We, we, we're excited to have you and excited for your future, man. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks, thanks for coming on here, Austin. It means a lot that you take time out of your day to come talk to us. Absolutely, no problem. I want to thank you guys as yeah, well. Of course, man. Anytime. No, man, we, exactly. We appreciate it. And, you know, we, we'd love to have you on again. I know uh, spring training's coming up, and we, we don't want to harass you towards spring training. You guys are working hard. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll we'll be in touch, and, you know, hopefully we can do this again one day, man. Absolutely. Sounds good. Thank you, so, thank you guys. Of course, man. Thank Anytime. you, Austin. All right. Talk to you soon. Bye. Great. You guys you have a great one. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to us. Uh, we shall return with more quality thoughts about the Padres very soon. Patrick, any any thoughts? Yeah, I just want to thank everyone for listening to our first podcast. Uh, we're going to try to make this a regular thing, hopefully weekly. And as the year progresses, I'm sure there'll be more to talk about. But uh, <laughs> we want to thank Austin, obviously, for being with us today. And uh, yeah, just stay tuned for more. We'll be doing this more frequently. Thank you again, guys. Thank you so much. East Village Podcast signing out.